left-handed footballs. He got a tremendous block to allow him to spring the corner. Andy Phillips, the old Mac and maybe all-American left guard, wears 66. That's a lovely, lovely voyage. And here we go. Yo, what's happening, everybody? This is the 66 Sports Show. I'm Andy Phillips, as always. We have a very special Christmas Eve episode for you. Normally on these Tuesdays, we give you the big six takeaways from the week of football, and then we give you the top 10 power rankings. I will give you the top 10 power rankings. Fortunately, a lot of what I had to say about the big six, I can take care of with those top 10 teams in the NFL. What we're going to do today, we're going to do the first annual Christmas movie awards for the NFL. I did this on Fox on Sunday on the pregame show on Fox Sports Radio out here in the Lehigh Valley. And I love doing it. Got some great feedback from it. Uh, I know not everybody that listens to this show probably listens to that show. So I want to put this thing in stone on the 66 Sports Show as well. So we are going to do the top 10 power rankings. And I might go a little bit more in depth about each pick. Uh, normally, that's the end of the episode. I might go in a little bit more depth because a lot of it will be the big six type stuff as well. Uh, but I really want to do these Christmas movie awards because I find them uh, honestly pretty hysterical. And they make way too much sense not to throw in, especially this time of year. Um, so let's kick this thing off. We had a lot of great football week 16. We have a lot decided already. We know the number one seed in the AFC is going to be Baltimore. We know Minnesota is going to be the sixth seed in the NFC. We know Green Bay, New Orleans, and Houston have won their divisions. We know things, but there is still there is still some other things out there. For example, Green Bay can still get the one seed. The NFC playoffs can still technically run through Lambeau. We know Seattle or San Francisco can win the NFC West. A lot of this, a lot of this is going to be decided here in week 17, but we have an idea of what's going on. Uh, the very last seed in the in the AFC playoff picture still has to be decided. Um, none of the teams that could get that six seed make my top 10 this week. No Tennessee this week. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, after a couple losses in a row, no Oakland who has an outside shot, no Pittsburgh. I don't trust the quarterback in the offense. We will see, but let's crank this thing up with the top 10 power rankings. The last one of 2019, uh, because even though next Tuesday is the 31st, um, we might be doing more of a, I'm still deciding if I want to do an end of the season top 10, if I want to do a normal show. A lot of times week 17 just brings clarity, doesn't bring much drama. So it might be the award show, but I will decide that later on. But let's crank this thing up. Number 10 on the top 10 power rankings, the Houston Texans. So they won as ugly as you could win on Saturday down in Tampa. Uh, they basically traded turnovers with Jameis Winston, which is a, a category you never want to be in. Uh, again, I, I like Jameis Winston. I think he's a player. I, I think he's uh, a top five arm talent with bottom five decision making. 
so for that, you don't want to get in one of his battles, one of his style games. Uh, but Houston found a way to win, 23-20. Defense took the ball away, uh, picked off Jameis four times, which is a great sign for them going into the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, I love him. He's been inconsistent. That's really my downfall with Deshaun is his A game is as good as anybody's A game in the league, but he isn't always even at a B-plus game. He has a lot of C games, a lot of C-minus games, um, and that's where he needs to get better at is being more consistent. Um, we love having the A games, but he gives you seven A games a year, but it'll also give you five CC minus games, and you can't you can't have that. Uh, you look at the great ones, especially when you, they were younger and they're you know really entering their primes, like a like a Peyton Manning, like a Tom Brady, like an Aaron Rodgers. Most of their games are probably B plus A minus. Then they throw in the occasional A plus game, and they throw in the occasional CC minus game. Can't have as many of those. So that's my that's my knock on Deshaun, but I do think he's the only reason I have them in the top 10 because I've seen the A game and I've seen what he can do to who in New England defense. And I see I've seen what he can do when he's on. So Houston's a team that if Deshaun's on an A game, they can beat anybody. If Deshaun's on a C game, they're gonna lose first round of the playoffs. It's just how I feel about this team. So I only have him at number 10 in, as a division winner, but we'll see what happens. If Deshaun's on an A game. Then go as far as I want. J.J. Watt getting back for the playoffs would be huge if possible. Number nine on the top ten, uh, the recently losing last night, Minnesota Vikings. So I, I'm going to give a shout-out here to uh, an old teammate, roommate, and buddy of mine, Avery Cunningham. Shout-out, Avery. He uh, listens to the show every week, always texts me kind of what he thinks. And uh, he's been upset at me for how harsh I've been on Kirk Cousins. Well, uh, I, I think I got at least another week, Avery, of uh, allowing to be harsh because little game Kirk Cousins showed up again last night. Um, it just was not what you want out of your franchise quarterback that you're paying 80 plus guaranteed dollars, 80 plus million guaranteed dollars for. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is bad. I'm, he's a good quarterback, one o'clock games that only Minnesota and possibly uh, anyone in the division's watching. As soon as you get him in primetime, he's now 0-9 on Monday Night Football. They showed a graphic last night. He's 7-14 and before last night in primetime games. Well, guess what? Playoff games are all primetime games. That's where I worry about this team because they have talent. My lord, they have talent. Um, but where I worry is obviously, obviously, um, with his inability to perform in the big games. And I'm going to give you, I, I, I tweeted this last night. A minute, the last minute 44 of the second quarter, both coaches, both teams, both organizations told the world what class of quarterback they have. The Minnesota Vikings got the ball back 10 to 6. They were winning 10 to 6. They got the ball back with a minute 44 left. Minute 44. You have a franchise quarterback you just paid three years, what, $86 million to. 
You're playing for the division. Your chance to win the division. You're only up by four. Minute 44 left. They get the ball at halftime. Apologize. Minnesota gets the ball at halftime. Either way. What would you do? Well, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, $86 million quarterback, Kyle Rudolph. I think I try and pass the ball, see if we can get some more points, right? First and 10. Boone up the middle. Seven yards. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. Didn't even call a timeout. Second and three. Boone up the middle. Minus two yards. Green Bay calls a timeout. Green Bay called the timeout. Not Minnesota. Green Bay. Green Bay called a timeout. Called a timeout to give Kirk Cousins third and five because A, they trusted their defense to stop Kirk Cousins from making a play. And B, they said, you might not want your quarterback with a minute 44 giving getting you points. We'll take our quarterback with a minute. Give him the chance to get us points. Third and five, Cousins incomplete to Treadwell. They punt it away. Green Bay gets the ball back. 55 seconds left. Rodgers was surgical right down the field. Ended up getting him to the one-yard line, Mason Crosby field goal. Green Bay goes into the half 10-9. to And that was not only a game changer. It was. It was an absolute momentum swing of the game. But it was also very depicting of what every person in that organization thinks of each quarterback. You have Green Bay saying, we will give our guy any amount of time you give us because we trust he will get us points. He's a franchise all-time quarterback. And Minnesota said, we're up four. We don't want to give Aaron too much time because we don't trust Kirk to move the ball downfield. Let's run the ball. It doesn't even have to be me. I don't even have to be the one saying it. It was right there for you. It's like a great piece of art. People who love art just say you can just look at it and it's obvious it's great. Or you look at it and it's obvious it's not. That's, to me, art. Both those teams told you exactly what they think of their quarterback. One good, one bad. Cousins, 0-9 on Monday Night Football, 16-31, 122 yards. It's only 3.9 average. A touchdown and an interception. Sacked five times. A quarterback rating of 58. Not elite. Not elite. He looked nervous. He looked shaky. He was off. Missed the easy throws. That's why I have. That is why I have Minnesota at number nine. Because they have a top five roster. But playoff games are primetime games. Let's not get that fooled. Number eight on the top ten. I got the Buffalo Bills. This is the first time they're making my top 10. Some of it has to do with the clarification of not knowing with Tennessee, not knowing with Pittsburgh. Uh, But some of it has to do with just Buffalo battles. They went into Foxborough, and they lost by touchdown, but they battled. Josh Allen, two touchdowns, no interceptions versus maybe the best defense in the league. Um, And they battled up in Foxborough in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, I was impressed. 
Um, I still don't love what they do. I don't think they're dynamic on offense, but I think they have a l- enough of it, and their defense is outstanding. Now, Brady looked really good, I thought, but their defense is outstanding. It's a team that can win a couple playoff games, I think. Not sure they get out of the AFC when you throw in Casey, when you throw in uh, Baltimore. What's a team that can win a game or two in the AFC? And they're still young on the offensive side of the football. And uh, I'm impressed by their coaching. I really am. Number seven on the top 10, New England Patriots. That uh, aforementioned New England Patriots, who just beat that Buffalo Bill team. And I thought Tom Brady looked great. Again, his numbers might not show up in the eye popping category of stats, but I thought he was efficient. I thought he was on the money most of the game. 26 to 33, 271 in a touchdown, zero interceptions. He was sacked zero times, had 111 quarterback rating. The offensive line, zero sacks. They also ran the ball for 143 yards, 35 attempts in a touchdown. That was a New England game. That was a New England playoff game, in my opinion. Uh, because they controlled the clock, they controlled the tempo, Brady was on point, they sacked Josh Allen four times, big guy, hard to sack, and uh, they really just took control of the game. They moved to 12-3, and win the division again. They ran the entire decade, won the division every year of the decade, um, and they're going to be a tough out. Just call it how it is. Uh, let's go on. Moving on to the next, number six on the top ten, Seattle Seahawks. They've been dropping a little for me. Now, they're signing beast mode Marshawn Lynch, and I love that. I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but they're signing him for a reason. Procise and Chris Carson are out. Chris Carson's one of the better running backs in football. That's a big loss. So they brought in Turbin. They brought in beast mode. I'm very curious to see how that works. Very curious. I hope he. I hope uh, Beast Mode runs like he used used to because he's about as fun of a running back to watch as has ever stepped foot on a football field. Um, my worry with Seattle, they always play in close games. I like that because I do think it adds something. Like they're not going to be surprised in a close game. They know what to do in a close game, but they can never seem to blow out teams they should. And that worries me for a likely first-round matchup. Um, if they lose to San Fran, they're likely going to be faced uh, heading into either Philly or Dallas. And again, when you play teams that you can't jump out the gate on, you keep them around, anything can happen. I said this. Let's just say Philadelphia wins the division because they have the upper hand right now. I think Philadelphia could beat Seattle at the link. I don't think Philadelphia can beat San Francisco at the link. I think San Francisco is too dynamic on offense. They have way too many good players at every position on the field. Seattle doesn't. They have Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, really good linebacking core. They have Jadavion Clowney, who's a good, good edge rusher. They have Russell Wilson. Now, I don't think they're bad. I think their receiving core is solid. I think their running backs, depending on how these guys come back, could be solid. I think their secondary is solid, but they're not elite anywhere but quarterback and linebacker, and that could come back to haunt them in a very tough NFC, and uh, I'm just curious. I love Russell Wilson, though. I love Russell Wilson. He's my uh, he'll, he'll end up being my second-team All-Pro quarterback this year. He's been unbelievable, and I wouldn't doubt him, but I, I'm not as impressed as uh, I was maybe a month ago. Number five on the uh, top ten, 
I got the Green Bay Packers. They made a big jump. They've been hanging at around 8-9 for a while because they don't do much well. But, guys, last night was a statement. They went into a building Rodgers was 0-3 at in his career in Minnesota with a much talented roster Minnesota had over Green Bay's roster. And they tore them up. Even some early, or they turned the ball over three times in the first half. Only the second time an Aaron Rodgers led team has turned the ball over three times in a half. Only the second time. And they dominated 23 to 10. And the story of the game, I thought Rodgers, again, he's one of those box scores 26 to 42, 16, no touchdowns, an interception, nothing that would jump off the charts. I thought he managed the game perfect. You're listening. He's he audible at the line. A lot of those big runs from Aaron Jones, he was checking to. And that's what's forgotten about all this with Aaron Rodgers. That's what's forgotten about all this. Everyone thinks, oh, has he lost a step? Maybe he isn't 100% prime Aaron Rodgers physically, but mentally he's as sharp as ever. And that's huge this time of year. And he got Aaron Jones in the right spots, even after an early fumble. Aaron Jones, 23 carries. 154 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. The game clincher, the 56-yarder. He also added a couple catches for six yards. Devontae Adams, 13 catches, 116 yards. True number one receiver. Lazard, yeah, he had some drops, but he also had five catches for 45 yards. And then Zadarius Smith looked like the defensive player of the year. He's not going to get it. He didn't get invited to the Pro Bowl. He's a guy who should be considered for the all-pro teams. Edge rusher. Tough position to make with T.J. Watt, Cam Jordan, Chandler Jones. A lot of good players at that position. He needs to at least be in consideration. He just had three and a half sacks, five and a half tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, seven tackles. He's a stud. He's up to 13 and a half sacks on the year. He is probably the best free agent signing in football. He was that good last night, and he showed he was all over the backfield. The best part about Zadarius Smith is, he can line up over any any offensive lineman. He's not stuck to being you know a left edge rusher. No, he, he'll line up over anyone. Center guard, tackle, right, left, you name it. And he'll get home to the quarterback. Very impressed by him. If that pass rush can continue to do what they've been doing, if that pass rush is as nasty as it was last night, and they possibly get home field advantage, now we're talking about a tough Green Bay team to beat. Because 12 in the playoffs is going to get them in the right spots on offense. Even if they don't score 40, they'll get them in the right spots. And if that defense gets after quarterbacks like that. Guys, that was a good Minnesota team that they took to the woodshed last night for the entire second half. Number four on the top 10, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I'm not not down on them. I just, uh, you know, I want to see them a little bit healthier. Uh, I know Richard Sherman's been banged up. Eric Armstead's been banged. D Ford's been banged up. I just want to make sure they get healthy on defense because that's a defense that uh, you know has given up more points than they're used to. I thought Jared Goff looked comfortable, and he wasn't comfortable the first time they played in the beginning of the year. Uh, so that defense is really the offense is great. You know George Kittle is one of the most valuable players in the entire league with what he does in both the pass game and the run game. Uh, Jimmy G's been playing really really good football and. Uh, you know, they, Kyle Shanahan is going to put up points. But the true identity of this team and what made them so special earlier in the year, in the first half of the year, was how great that defense was, how dominant 
that defense was. Not saying they aren't, but Goff looked a lot more comfortable this time around. To get through that NFC, they're going to have to be nasty on the defensive side of the ball, I truly believe. Number three on the big six, I've moved Kansas City up to number three. Uh, Mahomes, in my opinion, is a uh, top three quarterback in football. He's a top three for the MVP, in my opinion. I don't care they missed a couple games. When he's played, he's been absolutely dominant, and he had another great performance in a tough environment. Chicago at night. My buddy Kev preaches it to me all the time. Chicago at night. Very tough to play. And he went in there, managed the game, did exactly what you'd expect him to do, the former MVP, and uh, got out there with a win. Again, playoff environment type game that Mahomes came into control. Moment was not too big for him, and he took advantage. And that defense, back-to-back weeks, only giving up three points. It's been, what, the first or second best defense scoring-wise in the last month in football. It's a good time for a defense to get hot. Might not be as bad as we think. Watch out for Kansas City. Number two on the top 10, the New Orleans Saints. I do think they're the class of the NFC at the time. Uh, I like that they were able to go outdoors and put up 38 points. Uh, Drew Brees, three touchdowns, no picks. Michael Thomas, shout out to him. NFL single season record for most catches. He's up to 145, still with a game to go. That's great to see because he's a very quiet, humble, works hard type kid. You love seeing that out of a notoriously diva position, wide receiver. And uh, listen, that defense going to get after quarterbacks with Cam Jordan and Davenport. Demario Davis is one of the more underrated linebackers in football. Good secondary with Williams and Lattimore. Uh, hey, I like New Orleans. I think they could use home field advantage, but it was nice to see them get an outdoor win in December. And number one, you know it, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna probably stay here until they lose. And uh, you know what? One more week, and uh, they just what eleven straight wins. Lamar Jackson, unbelievable. Three more passing touchdowns, up to 36 on the year passing. And he also had another 100 yards rushing. First 3,000 passing, 1,000 rushing in the same season uh, by a player in the NFL history. And he earned himself not only the number one seed home field advantage in a bye week, he earned himself the ability to sit next week in week 17. So, you know, him, Mark Ingram, Andrew, some guys that maybe got a little banged up in that game this week, uh, all have time to rest now. That's the top 10. We'll see what happens. Uh, Baltimore, New Orleans, San Fran, have pretty and KC. Even once Mahomes been back, they've pretty much been staples up there. I think Green Bay's trending hot. Seattle, I think, is trending down a little bit. Uh, New England is who we are, think they are, and then uh, we will see from there. All right, I got to get into it. only about about eight minutes left, but exactly what I wanted to talk to you about was the Christmas movie awards. It's going to be very simple once you hear it. I have reasons for all of them. I have a bunch of Christmas movies, and which player gets that award? I'm not even going to explain it because you'll understand it as soon as we get into this. The Fred Claus Award. Fred Claus, if you haven't seen it, it's Vince Vaughn. He's the brother of Santa Claus, always in Santa's shadow until Santa turns ill and Fred has to play hero and gets out of his brother's shadow. The Fred Claus Award goes to none other than T.J. Watt. TJ's been a great player, but he's always been JJ's little brother. Well, JJ kind of goes down with injury, and TJ's playing the best football of his life. He is probably the front runner or at least 1B in the Defensive Player of the Year award right now. Talk about getting out of your brother's shadow. Nothing is JJ, but TJ is no longer just the little brother, the Fred Claus Award. How about the Home Alone 2 
Lost in New York Award. This one makes all, all too much sense. Couldn't just do the regular Home Alone. Might as well go with the Lost in New York when you go to Saquon Barkley and Le'Veon Bell as the winners. Both of the New York team's running backs, both have very, very little help around them. Both are very alone. <laughs> very alone. So the Home Alone 2 Lost in New York Award for this year is Saquon Barkley and Le'Veon Bell. Moving on to It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, George Bailey, if you haven't seen it, he kind of wasn't enjoying his life. He wanted better than he wished he was never born. Not saying this person wished they were never born, but they thought they wanted better until they were able to see from the other side how great their life really was. So the It's a Wonderful Life Award goes to Odell Beckham Jr., Thought he wanted out of New York. Thought there were greener pastures in Cleveland. And just this week again, we see him go throw a tantrum on the sideline. His numbers are down. His team stinks again. His quarterback doesn't actually seem to be any better than Eli was. Maybe his life wasn't so bad after all. Maybe in New York, he really was the richest man in town. Now in Cleveland, I don't know. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Award. Hey, Everyone makes makes fun of Rudolph, uh, he, but he's the one guiding the team through the sn- snow or the fog on Christmas night and leading them to the promised land. The Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer Award goes to Josh Allen. I didn't think he was going to be a good quarterback. I still don't know how great he is, but guess who's guiding the Buffalo Bills team, even in that cold Buffalo weather, to the playoffs? I mean, other than Josh Allen. He gets the Rudolph Award. Moving on to Elf. Great movie, right? What's the, what's the issue with Elf? Everyone says Will Ferrell, Buddy the Elf, is way too big. Way too big to be an elf, right? Until the end, they realize it has nothing to do with it. If you're an elf, you're an elf, and Buddy's an elf. The Elf Award goes to DK Metcalf. They said he was too big for the job as well, right? Well, he's turned out all right. Over 800 yards receiving as a rookie, six receiving touchdowns. All those pictures of him, and he kind of almost looked like he dropped in the draft because people thought he was too big. Maybe he would be too stiff to be an NFL receiver. He's worked out all right. How about the Polar Express Award? Polar Express, the whole theme of the movie is believe. You got to believe. Well, no one puts more belief in their team, and no one believes in themselves and their team more. No one preaches believe more than one person. The Polar Express Award goes to Russell Wilson. Hop on the Russell train. He'll take you to the promised land. How about the Christmas Vacation Award? In that movie, everything possible that can go wrong goes wrong. Squirrel in the tree, uh, falling off a roof, crazy cousin comes to town, whatever, you name it, dog running rampant in the house, you name it, it goes wrong. Well, doesn't that sound a little bit like the Pittsburgh Steelers? And at the end of the movie, Clark says, I did it. He won. Steelers are finding ways to win with everything going wrong. AB drama, Bell out of town, Juju Smith and Connor injuries, your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback injured for the season, yet they're finding ways to remain in the playoff hunt. How about the Grinch who stole Christmas award? The Grinch thought if he took the presents, the gifts, the town wouldn't survive. Whoville would be over. They wouldn't be able to have a Merry Christmas. The Grinch award goes to Antonio Brown. He thought if he took his gifts, his abilities, his gifts from the NFL, the ratings would go down. They would miss him. They would need him. 
Not so fast, my friend. NFL is alive and well, never better without you. The Grinch Award, Antonio Brown. How about a Christmas story? Everyone's told Ralphie, no, 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 no. You cannot get your prize. You cannot get your gift. You can't get the Red Rider BB gun. Christmas Story Award goes to Lamar Jackson. Everyone said, no, no, no. He's not a quarterback. He can't throw. You can't run that that much. You can't win with that style. They just locked up the number one seed in the AFC, and he's going to win the MVP. Okay? No. He can't throw. He's leading the league in touchdown passes. No, you can't win like that. They have the number one seed. No, he's not going to survive a season running all over. Well, he survived the season, and he has the most rushing yards in the history of football for a quarterback in a season. And he'll get his Red Rider BB gun very soon, which is the MVP and maybe a Lombardi. And finally, I'll be home for Christmas. That award goes to all the non-playoff teams. All the non-playoff teams might not be exactly Christmas, but in a week's time, you'll be home with your families, planning your vacations, planning your offseason, because you're not moving on playing more football. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I appreciate it. I had fun doing it. I just did it on Sunday morning. I kind of thought about it and stuff uh, before that, but I finally put it down on, uh, you know, wrote it down, and I liked it. I'm going to do it every year now. So if you if you don't like it, don't listen to the show next year at this time. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Uh, we have a lot of fun football coming up. Uh, I'm I'm going to get in about a week. I'll be giving out my my NFL awards, true awards, the MVP, defense player of the year, coach of the year, rookies of the year, comeback player of the year, and then my All Pro teams. I take those serious. Uh, I've been doing it for the last couple years. Uh, this will be the first one via podcast. And uh, we'll also get into some playoff predictions as well. But I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Um, Be around your family. If you can't be around your family, call your family. If you don't really have much family, call some friends. If you don't have many friends, just go somewhere and be around people. Enjoy this time of the year. It really is the best because it's the way that, you know, we all have busy lives. We all get kind of carried away with our own individual lives or, uh, you know, carried away with certain things. The best part about the holidays is it forces you, it reminds you to reach out to those uh, you've always cared about in your life, whether it's family or friends. Uh, Reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a while. Reach out uh, to any parents, grandparents you have, and uh, make sure, hey, be very thankful for no matter what you get. It's not about presents. It's not about, uh, you know, money. It's it's really about being surrounded by people you love. Uh, So for everyone out there, Merry Christmas from the 66 Sports Show. I appreciate the support all year. And until next time, I'm Andy Phillips.